Welcome to episode seven of Faking It. I talked to Toronto-based actress Ashley Como this week, who is the new science teacher Miss Badger on Family Channel's Degrassi Next Class. She's also a Second City Main Stage alumni and oh so much more. We're going to talk feeling like a fraud, acting and improvising your way through life. Thanks for joining us. And here we go. So, uh, yeah, how's it going? Really well. Good. I couldn't be more tired. <laughs> Why? What did you do today? Oh, today I filmed uh, a teaser for the Canadian Film Center for a wonderful project um, by Diana Francis. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it any more than that, but Ooh, um, it's very exclusive. funny and very silly uh, and very clever. Um, so we filmed that in the morning. And tonight I've got an improv show at Bad Dog. Cool. Bad yeah. Dog Theater here in Toronto. Mm-hmm, Very mm-hmm. cool. Right on. So being an actress, you often fake your way through a lot of things, I bet, because yeah. being a character is ultimately faking something because you're not that person. You try to get as close as you can. But uh, so since you're not that character and you're playing a, a role, um, do you agree that that's sort of the the scenario of being an actor? Um. No. Okay, that's is that fine. Okay? Oh, of course. You can disagree with me. Absolutely. Uh, no, I I think that it's a lot of people look at it as, oh, you're playing pretend, you're, you're faking it. Um, I think what you're doing is doing the Ashley version of the nighttime nurse or the Ashley version of the Russian maid. That's not my hit, but it was <laughs> at a time. Um <laughs> So you're bringing the best of your knowledge and the best of yourself or how would you be in those scenarios? So yeah, the scenarios are definitely faked for sure. But I think the characters, um, the actors I admire anyway, are the characters, they bring themselves to it. Like you, you look at somebody like Robin Williams, he brought himself, to, I'm not buddies with him, he's for sure dead, but um, he brought, what I, from what I saw, he brought himself to every role he had. Um, and... So he obviously wasn't a creepy guy who worked at a Photoshop, but you saw him, and so you believed it. Right. And um, yeah, I think I think there's an element of faking. It's like next level faking. You're not faking it by being the actor or or being the role, but you always think that you're a fraud. Um, not not by playing these roles, but you're like, oh, I don't deserve to be here. There's this weird Canadian thing. Uh, maybe it happens in America too. I have no idea, but it's this self-deprecating. Oh, it should go to someone else. So that's the level of fraudulence. It's not like I'm not a nurse. When I put on those scrubs, I'm a fucking nurse. <laughs> like I need 30 cc's of I don't know Xanax. Is that a thing? I don't know. Uh, but that's probably not. not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Probably shouldn't pump that through your arm. <laughs> 33, 30, 30 cc's stat. <laughs> stat. I need it. Um. Grey's Anatomy has taught me a lot, so I could probably fake my way through that. Oh, like a surgery. Yeah. You don't, yeah. yeah. Not on camera, like in a real An episiotomy. <laughs> Do you know what that is? No. No. Like a vagina thing. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, go for the jugular, I say. Yeah. Um, no, the, the element of faking it comes in the, it, it's a transitional thing that some actors never um, finish. Uh, and, and some actors, when they get it, when they get over it, it, their career just kind of 
starts to pick up because they start to feel more comfortable with themselves. Do you still feel that? Like, do you feel fraudulent when you're when you've been cast in something? Do you feel yeah, like I got touches of stuff for sure? I'm getting over it. I'm in my 30s now, where I'm just like, I don't give a shit. Like, I I love this. I'm doing what I should be doing. You either like me or you don't, and that's okay. I think that is a huge element. Right. In my 20s, it was all about, oh, you have to like me, like, like me. And so that's So you're get the too role. concerned about what everyone else is thinking, do yeah. you feel? And then now you're more like at home with I'm what I got. me. And, and that's probably just a bit of also a confidence thing, too, because mm-hmm. you've, you've got a great list of things that you've done. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I remember the first rehearsal sitting at Second City for writing our shows. And I just went, oh my God, oh my God, what am I doing here? And, my dream that's what i'm fucking doing there but at that time i just kept thinking they're gonna find out like they're gonna (laughs) did you honestly feel that yes wow you thought they were just gonna realize and like shake their head and be like you know we need to fire this person we got to get rid of this wow yeah oh my god yeah but then you show up the second day and it's a little less and then you get your first scene in a show and you're like oh no that's all in my head. That's cognitive bullshit that shouldn't be there. Just fades after time. So was mm-hmm. that your ultimate? Uh, did you always feel that way? Or was it when you got something so big like Second City? That's a great question. Or even if you're like, you know, you you were in many plays before that. You're in many mm-hmm. different things before that. I faked my way um, with that fraudulence thing through lots of things. Like being a tour guide in Manhattan. They're like, have you been to New York? I said, yes, I hadn't. Like... And I was able to do it. So it was fine um, in the end. But <laughs> I was shitting bricks because I, I was lying. But I wanted the opportunity where you just take it. Right. Can you can you sing? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you learn how to sing. Well, it's not that easy. But yeah, you'd probably have you, a natural. You got to have yeah. something going and you got to study for sure. And studying is very important. But there's certain things like, they're like, can you do ballet? I don't know if I could fake my way through that one. Right. There's certain, yeah, there are certain skills that might not be as easily. Right. That I haven't trained tricked. at all in. Right. Um, oh, what else? What else did I do? That, um, can you drive stick? I once lied to a guy about driving stick. I was like, yeah, I can drive stick. He's like, okay, you drive home. I'm going to have some beers. <laughs> was this cab. like in a, <laughs> that's a dangerous example. <laughs> <laughs> Safety yeah, I can first. Drive, I can drive a plane. Uh, yeah. I can fly a plane. I can, can drive a bus. No yeah, problem. Saw it on an airplane. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> so with with Second City, was that was that your ultimate? Like at the beginning of your career, you had gone like you know how did you find acting in the beginning? If we want to take us from me from that well, scenario from, onwards, yeah, from Baby Como. Yeah, Baby Como. Uh, Baby Como wanted to act for a very long time. Uh, but I didn't know the words. Before I knew what the word of actor or acting was, I wanted to do it. Um, but there's this famous video my mom will bring up every time she has one glass of Shiraz. Uh, or Just half. one. Just one or half. Um, where my grandfather, I'm posing, like doing a really fun, cool pose. And my grandfather is videotaping my brother who was brought home um, with From the cerebral hospital. palsy. Oh, like, yeah. Um, so... It's about him, but even then I needed to find my light and steal those moments. So you got to hustle, right? Uh, so I'm posing with some stuffed animals. You just he, knew early on, you know. You just got to completely upstage people. That's it. No. That's it, man. And he goes... Step aside, brother. He goes, yeah, you almost died. Get over it. I'm here. Like, no, just kidding. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I'm important in this situation. <laughs> I have opinions. I'm four. I'm four. Like, <laughs> he goes, what do you want to be? And they said, I want to be a mannequin. I want to be a lady mannequin. Because that to me was what? an actor. Like a standing mannequin? in front of people and people looking at you. People always yeah. look at mannequins. And I was like, oh, yeah, that just happens in the movies. You see mannequins. And I watched a lot of Today's Special, so it's probably that. <laughs> it was actual mannequin. <laughs> Um, mannequin what i want to be a mannequin uh so that yeah that was from four and then i was in school plays and choirs and uh, musicals in the community um and then when i went to mayfield the performing arts high school in ontario i got into the drama program and um loved it so much and was crushed fucking crushed when i wasn't cast in crucible because i'm like i already think i'm a witch and i already think i'm an actor (laughs) and and you're not gonna give me abigail fuck you (laughs) and i remember just scratching about it in my drama journal you know to do those for projects just scratching and i wanted to write it in blood and show them i didn't i'm a witch i'm a witch like I've seen the craft. Like I know what's up. I've seen the craft twice. <laughs> twice on VHS. And I'm only thirteen. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm gonna have a séance later. <laughs> Mighty's father stiff as a board. Mighty's father stiff as a board. And Mr. McKinnon, my grade nine drama teacher, just wrote, "What's for you won't pass you by." And the very next day, wow. it was improv sign up for improv team. It was called Force Eight back then. And I, I was like, oh, "Okay, fine. I'll put my name." And I fell in love with improv. I found it when I was in grade nine. And I was on the team. We competed nationally for five years um, up until OAC. Then I did it in university and college. And then moved to the city after a, a breakup and just started doing it for realsies and getting paid. So did you, awesome. uh, your, your schooling after um, high school, what kind of, like, what did you, what did you do in university and college? Oh, sure. I went to York. Mm-hmm. It was horseshit um i do not recommend that bfa at all the acting bfa yeah they decide what you're good at to which i go cool but i studied this exact same thing in grade nine if you're gonna accept like just suck yeah. my dick really yeah. york suck my dick <laughs> as much as i could shit on york and second city shows i did yeah um and you know wonderful people have come out of there but they were wonderful people before going there yeah um i don't think york has produced much as far as like talented people who weren't already talented um so i dropped in there's also like a like an auditioning process after you've auditioned initially to get in you have to audition again to be in different streams and then they can completely kick you out and you're like oh i've had a year of a bfa program that affords me nothing in the real world and i'm on the street now because because, they decided i'd be a better tech director yeah but then then didn't accept you again after this like it's just a stupid stupid format yeah so you left when when halfway through that no, I stayed the whole year. I pretty much um, the only class I really liked taking was my science fiction class. Like you're like an elective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I took psychology, French, um, and science fiction, and science fiction was so awesome. You learned about the state of the world through literature. It was great and nerdy. Um, then I worked for two years at a at a restaurant and got pretty sad and did musicals, which made me happy. Um, but I'm like, I don't want to work at a restaurant forever. Mm-hmm. No offense to people who do. It just wasn't my, yeah, it wasn't your thing. my calling. Um, 
And then I was like, I'm going to audition for musical theater. I'm going to go to George Brown if they have it or did they have it? Sheridan definitely had it. Mm -hmm. And then in Ontario, you could apply for three schools for $65 online. The internet was a huge thing back then. It was just coming out. It was great. Um, <laughs> and For the price of $65, you could have a future. Dollar ruse. Sell your pantaloons for this one, kids. Um, so I thought, okay, if I don't get into that, what's something that I could do? So I know I could be a funeral director. I was obsessed with Six Feet Under. <laughs> I've never been a stranger thanks, to death. Thanks, HBO. Thanks, HBO. Really <laughs> fucked me up. Um, and I I sadly had dealt with a lot of death in my life, so I can deal with it. And the body's not my hit, but the living, I know how to deal with grieving people. Right. And that, that was a, an attractive, lucrative thing to me. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, the two wisest choices that go together, musical theater and funeral directing. But C... And the campus was right by my parents' house. C for comedy came before F for funeral. And so I didn't even go to the musical auditions. Like I didn't even go. I just went to that. I'm like, that's what I want to do. Humber College has a, a program. Um, and I got into that. And it's a very good program. It's a, it's a I think program. Our, our last, uh, so you were in class just for people who were listening to the, to the last episode. Paul Lilikis actually went to the same program yeah you. yeah so paul was Pauly. a yeah <laughs> Pauly. so you guys were in he was talking about that there was a like a it's a pretty well-known mm-hmm. uh comedy program so that was what you were in as well right yeah i got to work with um second city alum yuck yucks alum just for laughs alum um wonderful people very smart talented people and teachers um, was that sorry just to interrupt it was that was that a moment that you when you're like going through the, the list of courses that are or the list of possibilities that you're going to apply to and did you just feel at that moment you saw comedy and was it just sort of like oh I was, was there like a throw away my love for musical theater and I was doing musicals at the time yeah just without even thinking it's like yep yeah, okay bye yeah so you had a little bit of a spirit <laughs> like whisper a, like your soul went my insides went hot and I'm like Whew, right. comedy. oh um <laughs> Weirdest audition to get in that school too. What was it? You you have to prepare a piece or whatever, and and you wrote something or a sketch. I don't remember what I had to do, but I remember performing it to Larry Horowitz, the stand-up teacher, and he was on his MSN Messenger. Again, the internet was huge back then. <laughs> MSN. Um, and eating meat sticks, so he'd pay attention to me and then swivel around in his chair and just type some shit. Like a jerky stick, like or no, like like, like, like a pogo sausage. Like stick. a man. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like yeah, the, I know exactly what products. you mean. Yeah, like a very specific mm-hmm. cured meat. meat. Um, <laughs> and and then I finished and I went, okay, great. And I kept trying to like get his attention back and he was engaging. Yeah. And, oh, was he just like not at all paying attention? No, <laughs> no, he was typing on his head and eating meat sticks. And then he turned While around. While you performed for him? Yeah. What a terrible audience member. But he said, this is what it's like. Oh, so he's saying like if you're in front of, you're standing at a, at a restaurant and you're doing some, people are cling clanging, eating, drinking shit. You have to just deal with the backs of people's heads. Yeah. Okay. And he didn't tell you that until the audition was done. So you're like, well, fuck you then. <laughs> you're like, you're the worst. But then. But it, yeah. I think I got the phone call as I was on my way to the car. They were like, you're in the program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or the day after. It was really, really soon, soon turned around. And uh, hum- yeah, Humber changed my life. I met Second City alum there. Like, you need to go to Second City. Met them there. Did you go to Second City right out of school? I was doing two schools at the same time. 
two schools at the same time yeah the second city conservatory right and humber college okay at the same time and second city conservatory you have to audition and it's a big process and it's important and everything yeah and so from that from the the um conservatory you got onto the main stage or how does that process work because then i think that's a bit of a mystery to some people sure sure Uh, so the second city offers tons of classes i currently teach there it's a great time um i love it i really do are you teaching improv currently i'm teaching conservatory class so the conservatory full cycle Mm -hmm. um you're back i'm back And, and improv yeah improv writing and improvisation um so there's levels a through e and anybody can take those um you could do it to feel more confidence in office meetings or public speaking or to let off some steam, get away from the kids or or to sharpen your acting skills on camera if they make you improvise. You don't have to be an actor to take those. No. Um, but we teach you acting things in mm-hmm. those classes. And so many people are in those classes. It's so cool to see. Yeah. How like, many, like, you get a person who's a teacher who's like, I really hate, like, I love teaching, but I really hate giving presentations to a yes. big class, but I like working one-on-one. Or you have somebody who's, like, 50 and was like, I did improv when I was a kid. Or yeah. you have, you know, kids right out from school. Like, I always felt, I did writing class there that I loved the, the, the um the the fact that so many different people go to mm-hmm. those classes. Mm-hmm. It makes it so much in, more interesting. Because you're learning stuff and you're constantly asking the question, what would I do? Mm-hmm based on their actions, stories, characters, where did that character come from, et cetera, et cetera. So there's A through E. And then after that, there's a plethora of programs. There's long form. There's there's so many, like there's character intensives. There's crazy stuff like that, uh, which is super fun. And then there's the conservatory program, which you have to audition to get into. And that is a, a year-long program that you're with the same 12 people for a year. In level one, you're improvising and getting into a groove with the group. Level two, you're doing archive material that maybe Steve Carell wrote. So you you learn how to act the scenes and learn the timing and learn what it feels like to get those laughs mm-hmm. with scenes that are tried and tested. In uh, level three, you learn premises and you, you start writing through improvisation um, with POV and satire and all that kind of stuff. And then four, five, six, you're writing with that same group to create a show that you'll present at the end of the year which is a massive deal. So I did I did the conservatory, and then I was doing shows all around the city um, in the GTA, and just working, working, working. And then I did uh, a cruise ship for Second City where I traveled and got to perform on the high seas, which was incredible. So, yeah, sounds like a very once-in-a-lifetime thing. Equal, well, you could be doing it again, but I just e- mean like it's that's an amazing opportunity. Equal parts college and jail. Because you can't leave. Oh, right. But of it's, course. Just, it's a fun party. Yeah. But if you're not in the mood to party, it feels like jail. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a migraine and you're seasick. Or... And you're like, it's bright outside right now. What the hell? Yeah. 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 I don't want to drink and be funny. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool because you learned celebrity. You No one knew who you were on Sunday and Monday. But if your show was on Tuesday, after that, no one would leave you alone. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Are you okay? Ah. Uh, uh, yeah. I hit myself. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hit myself. I hit myself. Oh, I hit um, myself. <laughs> you could be in the bathroom and people are trying to tell you jokes as oh, you're no. peeing and you're like, ah. And, and it, I, lo- like, I loved it because the, the crazy characters and stories that came out of that are invaluable. Um, so I did the, the ship's 
And then I missed the general auditions that Second City has every year. And I was freaking out, being like, I have to wait a whole year to audition. Oh, God. So Is I it just because the cruise went on longer mm-hmm. than? Okay. One week longer. By one week. So I emailed the, the producer who I knew and, and just kind of said, if you're doing callbacks, I'd love to be a part of those. He goes, you know what? Just contact me when you're home. Okay. Um, and then I got main stage out of that. Beautiful. Which is not normal. No. <laughs> but was extraordinary. It was such a wonderful experience. So just to give people people an idea, do, pe- do people audition for main stage every year without a veil of getting on? Yes. So what did that sort of mean to you in that moment? And is that what you're talking about when you're saying you showed up and you're like, oh, this is a mistake? Not a mistake, but not I'm like, mistake, they're going to find out. Okay, yeah. I'm faking it. Or I, I'm not where I need to be. Because I never did the education company where you tour schools. I never did the touring company where you tour Canada. I just went from the boat, which is a fantastic learning experience. but Isolated. I, and I didn't write anything. Yeah, oh, okay. I did archive material and I did improv, right? So that improv I already knew. And the archive was, was wonderful. We formed to a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was great. Um, but the other education program that other people might have done, that was writing material. You write and your own stuff was, and you present it to kids in schools around the country. And those people were auditioning as well with you, but it's like yes. they didn't get it and you did. Well, they, uh, Some might have. Or... Generally, you, you would get into education company, you'd um, you know, hone your skills there, then you'd get into the touring company. So you perform on the resident stage in Toronto on Monday nights, and then you would understudy for the main stage show. Um, that performs six nights a week, eight shows a week. So it you you just rise the ranks in a different way. And mm-hmm. I went, whoop. <laughs> and people were like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. So there was this weird pressure that I put on myself that I felt guilty and I felt, well, I'm not in Turco, mm-hmm. right? I'm taking this away from somebody who is in Turco. But then I thought, no, I've worked for the better part of a decade yeah. like on this stuff. Um it just came about in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And then cool. so you had the processes of you just continue on writing, you continue mm-hmm. on performing. And, and what's what's that like uh, if people don't know the format of Second City? There is a show that's put on for X amount of months that oh, you've, yeah. you've been a part of writing and stuff. Sure. So um, let's look at a calendar year. Okay. We'll, yeah. we'll break it up that way. So from January to June, you have one show. And from the July to December, you have another, let's say. So... Um, in January, you start writing a new show, uh, but you do it through improvisation. So a Second City show is an hour and a half of sketch comedy, tried, tested, and true, written by the actors that you see. And then after that, there's a 20-minute to 30-minute set of improv where they just blow off steam, do crazy characters, and make it all up in front of your eyes. Love it. But when you go into process to write the show, you use that improv set to do premise prov. So you pitch ideas to make new scenes for the show. So the audience watching that improv set, if they like it, it has a chance to be in the show. If they don't like it, it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. So you have to like not be tired. You gotta be on your A game. You gotta sell this premise. You gotta get the who, what, where out right at the gate. You gotta write through improv, which is a very different skill. Every other, put it this way, every other theater company in the world gives the actors the scripts, they memorize it, then they open. Second City, <laughs> improvises then writes like they improvise and they build it around tweaking it tweaking it the opening happens and then they actually sit down and write the scripts it's very different so what you would do is if you have this in january if you have that 100 percent old show Mm -hmm. you would extract scenes and place these new scenes 
in between scenes that work. So even if that scene needs a little bit more fine tuning, it's surrounded by two things you know will work. And so they keep doing that until it goes, oh, okay, 70% old material, 30% new. Ah, 50-50, ah, 30% old material, 70% new. Right. So you get to practice these scenes and write them for about 75 times until they're perfect. And you've cut the fat and you watch the tapes and you look at what people laugh at. And so you're writing based on reaction reaction and improv and that moment and it's really cool and that audience and that audience you know, yeah because it might not work very. yeah yeah you can get a whole school bus of like so your nuns come in and then what happens like, oh that, that sexual <laughs> oh, energy scene oh. oh it was Ugh. a downer um <laughs> yeah so it's a it's a very very difficult process um but so rewarding and how many years were you on the main stage I covered, no, I understudied for one person as I took over her role, like she left and I did her role for a couple of months and then I wrote three reviews there with different casts and so I was there for just under two years. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, it was, it was incredible. So to answer your question, yeah, Second City was the big game for me. Yeah. Yeah. And to get it, I was just like, they're going to find out. They're going to find out that I should be in funeral directing. So you have a bit of an... Im- <laughs> I should have gone to F on that on that, that list of courses. So you have a bit of an imposter uh, um, syndrome kind of thing going on in the beginning. But do you feel that less and less over time now that... Because yes. you're, you're acting in different ways now too. Do you want to talk about some of your roles that you have currently like for TV and... Sure, sure. Um, I wrote and produced for YTV for a bit. I am the new science teacher on Degrassi Next Class, which is pretty awesome. Next class, next. not next generation. Next, next class. Uh, that was a huge thing for me. Yeah, what's that like? Because you would have grown up watching Watching that. Degrassi. Yeah. I was pinching myself the entire time. And that the only thing I faked there was being calm. Because my insides were on fire. I was like, holy shit, Drake was here. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say something different, but Drake was there, yes. In the the (laughs) Joy Jeremia, because we used to watch them in French class. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Miss OD used to pop those on. Oh, okay. Um, Drake in the wheelchair days. Oh, (laughs) bravo, Drake, bravo. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it was just, it was amazing. And the kids are so much cooler than I have ever been or will ever be. Like the actors oh. who play the kids are so cool. What do you mean? They're just cool. They they're dress just, well. They're yeah. they're well read. They know all the electronic devices. Like I sound like a mother right now. Don't have any kids. The electronic they devices. They know how to work the TV. Like <laughs> they're they're just they're cute and they're savvy and they're people. Mm-hmm. Like they're not I was an asshole at 14. <laughs> These guys are awesome. Right. And they're, they're not all 14, but you know what I mean. Teenagers um, nonetheless. Yeah. They're really cool. And I'm really excited to see where they go as people. Now I sound old. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, What's your favorite scene that you've you've done on Degrassi so far? Uh, I, love, I love the writing of the show so much because I get to be this like... Yeah, like what's your, what's your character? The... The, I get to be a nerdy science teacher who essentially tells dad jokes, like puns, and but she's just oblivious. Like, but she cares and she loves science and she just wants everyone to love science. And and the the clothes, like some of the clothes are like, oh, she she figured out fashion today, and other of the clothes are like, oh, bless, like she, she's trying. Um, 
and I just every team, every department, every team works so closely to create every aspect of the characters. So when when you get to perform them based on the writing, the words, the the costume, the jewelry, the the actions, everything, it's just so awesome. Um, what's my favorite scene? I uh, I got this is gonna make me sound pervy, but I. <laughs> There was an episode that you'll have to watch on Netflix. It's amazing. Um, is that our, is, is that already out right now, or is it coming? It's on Netflix on the states right now. Okay. It's on the Family Channel here. Okay. Yes. Where there's an accident that happens, and I have to um, help a child deal with the embarrassment of trying to impress a boy. That's all I'll say. And it was so much fun. And it was the first time I had met this actress, and she was so such a pro, so good. I'm like, hi, I'm. I'm going to be taking off your pants. Is that okay? <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. Whatever that sounds like to you, go check it out. It's amazing. On the family channel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I always find that any small part of improv, like I'm not an improver, but... You're really funny. Um, you're a natural. Improv is just a conversation and you're a really good listener and communicator. Thank you. I, but I mean in, in the way that I've never been on an improv team. I have never, I've watched a whole lot of improv. I love improv. I find it so cool and funny and probably in my head just imagine be, do imagine doing it. But um, <laughs> I, I think that the small amount that I've done, um, I think that even acting as it is, but improv specifically works into my daily life so much. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, a part of just being on your toes. Some people aren't like that and how do you find that improv fits into your life when you're not exclusively doing improv Mm. this isn't improv on the stage this is like you're doing you know how does that that fit into your life i mean some people myself included can be quite slow sometimes okay you could throw a football at their head and they just look at you (laughs) so if you use the tenets of improv in that situation where you're like and huh and nothing happens and you're mm-hmm. not given any gifts, you have to then switch motives and switch subtext and go, okay, I might have to do a little bit more heavy lifting. I'm and a little bit of the leader in this. <laughs> no problem. Right. Now I know my role. I'm watching. I'm observing. I'm communicating. I'm listening to you. Uh, today's my day. Today's my day to carry you. And tomorrow you'll carry me. Um, uh, improv is based on yes and a lot. A lot of people will, will um, talk about that tenant where we're going to the zoo. You'd be like, yeah, we're going to the zoo. And let's pack a lunch too. So you're not only just saying, yeah, we're going to the zoo, you're adding an idea as well. Um, And that's like collaboration in business. That's collaboration in art. That's collaboration in what you're having for dinner. Like relationship, anything. Yeah, let's get pizza and then have beer. Yeah. (laughs) Then ice cream after. Yeah. (laughs) And then not work out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, uh, it's often about the relationship and, and it, Improv has saved my life, changed my life. It sounds super culty, but the best things in my life are from improv. Or uh, I've been able to, I'm going to say manipulate, even though that's a negative connotation word. I've been able to manipulate things to be better for myself. Like listen to yourself too. It's not only about other people. Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel? Your character would respond to that on stage. Why are you denying it? Why are you going to let this asshole toxic up your life? Like listen, communicate, release. And that's okay too. So it's incredibly therapeutic. Oh my God. Oh my God. I played my ex's mother for about a year after we broke up. 
Really? Just it was this character that came out and it it she caused me so much pain and I couldn't afford therapy and <laughs> it was a funny character because she was specific and because I wasn't dropping the tenets of improv as well. Um I could play I could pop her on anytime I wanted. I don't mm. play her anymore, but it helped me cope with it. The yeah. way music would for somebody or painting or cooking or whatever. Yeah, you're confronting those sort of things right on. Like You can be the demon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very cool. Okay. Awesome. So there's something that's um, happened uh, recently. You've put on a great show that I attended. Um, and I'd love for us to talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, just to hear more about what you're up to. So um, this was regarding Syrian res- resettlement in Canada. Mm-hmm. And so what you just chat about that for a bit tell me what it is what it's about how Uh, you're involved my agent posted something online about a family that she was looking to sponsor to come here with a a group project toronto welcomes through ryerson um and she was like donate if you can so i gave 10 bucks but then i couldn't stop thinking about it i'm like i don't have any more money like i'm a canadian actor for god's sake i don't have any money um but i kept thinking about it and just Como bringing it down. <laughs> that little boy who washed up on the shore yes, right. is in and around the same age as my nephew. Mm. And it really humanized the situation for me. And it I was it was a cyclical thinking that I just couldn't shake because kids and families and somebody's daughter and somebody's son, somebody's mother, um when you're putting kids in or people adults in wheelchairs on a fucking rubber dinghy sending them across the sea because that's the better option that's the only option there's just a level of desperacy that you probably have never i've never felt like i've never felt that desperacy never never. Um, it's so extreme that you realize like what could possibly be going on to make people do these kinds of things Mm-hmm. Um, out of the de- that desperacy and you realize that it's so heavy. <laughs> it's yo. super heavy. And I couldn't... And I'm like, yeah, it's 10 bucks, but what else? Else, yeah. What else? And like in 2012, when Carly Heffernan and I were... It's another sec- Second City Second alum, City. yeah. When we were both at Second City together, we were writing a scene uh, about Syria then and it's still relevant today. Mm-hmm the same scene without changing Mm -hmm. and it's and it's worse now like it and the scene the premise of the scene um it's called that sucks um this roommate is watching the news the the other roommate comes home are you okay oh shit what's wrong with you oh like former people have died in, in syria like three more bombs went off and blah 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 oh my god that's awful that sucks you want to go to boston pizza and just that kind of western Detachment, yeah, well, not even Western, just well, detachment yeah. of privilege, really. Detachment of privilege and also not understanding action points of what to do. It's numbing and yeah. crippling and because the oh that sucks is also yeah that's true, but it is also a, well, what the fuck am I supposed what, to do? What am I? Not I, as of like I don't want to help, no, but as like no. how do I? I'm just a one person. Do what do I supposed to? Where do you start? Um, and so that was weighing on me and. I couldn't stop thinking about the post and I couldn't stop thinking about that little boy. And then my partner and I traveled to Europe in November to perform improv and teach improv and it was really cool. Um, and we left Paris on the day of the shootings. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was weird because we got to Ireland. We went from Paris to Dublin. We were all settled in Dublin and we started getting texts. I got texts from my friend Nan, yep. from my buddy Andy. They're like, are you okay? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. 
um, and this is all going down. And it was weird because our flight was canceled and we were supposed to be in Paris and the Airbnb where we were staying at was in between the bombing and the shooting. And it, and my um, flight attendant friend who was in United Arab Emirates at the time, she happened to be on Facebook and said, go to the airport. They'll put you on a new flight. Like we would have just stayed in Paris and had a great time and been there. Mm-hmm. And and then we got to Ireland and this was all happening and we were spooked for sure. And I'm talking about it. And the people in Ireland were like, it's awful, but like we grew up with the IRA. Yeah. And it really put it into perspective. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Canada's really privileged mm-hmm. like it's not only really privileged it is really privileged yeah so i was obsessing about that and and what my agent had posted and and i just kind of went can we do a show because you did can, what you know what to do I, I know how to produce a show i know how to be in a show i've got super talented friends all across the board for days um let's do a show and she's like okay so second city graciously with the donated, hope to raise money to raise money yeah and and awareness and like talk about these things and uh, we ended up doing a clothing donation and electronics and whatever. So, um, so we put on a, a really fun show. Um, and Second City donated the space for the the use of it. Yeah, Second City donated the space. Um, all the comedians donated their time. No one was paid. Um, and it was a quality show. Uh-huh. Well, when you have like like Alex I was in pain. Simeon, oh like, my gosh. Oh my god, they're so funny. I actually had a headache the day after. <laughs> no no la- like from laughing so hard i was like coming out of their one eye and i only had two drinks and i was like oh god my head hurts because <laughs> i was, it was there was just no respite from the hilarity and it was just a great way to 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 help and and give people an opportunity to help because so often it's like it's donate like, well, where is this going what is this doing but it was very clear you guys made it like, you know, concise of where this money's going. Where and, this money's going. Yeah. So there were two groups that my agent is now a part of. She started doing work with another group as well. That other, the second group is looking to sponsor a family. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you need thirty dollars to $40,000, I think, for a family of three to sponsor mm-hmm. them, to get them here. Um, but the first group is called what? Project Toronto Welcomes. Project Toronto Welcomes, okay. And then I'm going to fudge the name of the second group, but it's okay. based out of the National Yacht Club down on the Lakeshore in Toronto. Okay. Um, and I'll post links of those things as well and wonderful. the information at the end of the show. Yeah, and like people who couldn't attend the show were donating, and uh, we ended up raising over $4,000. So that's $2,000 per group, mm-hmm. plus clothing and electronics. Like the one group, Project Toronto Welcomes Family, is in Jordan right now. I believe it's Jordan. Um waiting to come here like mm-hmm. they've they've gone through their uh interviews we have a fully furnished house like it's wonderful so that that's just more money for them to get established mm-hmm. and like to set up bank accounts to set up you know life like, to buy clothes to so just start from food. yeah like it, it just blew my mind and someone asked me why are you doing this i'm like why not why why what yeah like it because i can i can help it was it's just really i don't know it's really frustrating that it's not a yes of course like some people um some people were like well charity begins at home there's lots of homeless i'm like absolutely you're absolutely right and you know give give what you can mm-hmm. but the immediacy of this problem this situation um is so grave and so instant and we're starting to get the resources to to help these people so let's show our governments and let's show 
our citizens that we want to keep helping these people and we don't only want it to be for certain things. Right. I'm not saying choose this over that. I'm just saying. No. Whoever. And that's not to say that that this model doesn't work for you to do. Hey, it's Christmas. Let's do another one for, you know, the scenario of getting people off the streets in Toronto or in the GTA or in at home. You know, that doesn't mean that you're not interested in that. Of course. And I know you and you are. (laughs) I mean, you're interested in helping people. It was a really emotional experience. I was not drinking for January. And at the end of it, one of my girlfriends just said, I'm buying you a Guinness. I went, okay. (laughs) Because it was so. Oh, is that what that was? Right at the end of the show? Seeing you have the Guinness? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you're like, yeah. I'm having this Guinness, and I'm like, why is that a thing? Why but that I didn't understand. Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about some goals and and your dreams within improv and comedy and acting and doing more of this kind of thing. Maybe if it if it ends up being a philanthropy type scenario, whatever it is. What What are your your goals and dreams from here on out? Oh man. Uh, Too many to name. I want to be. This sounds so stupid. I want to be. Like, so stupid. When I was little, when I realized what fame got people. I get it. You want to be a mannequin. It's okay. I want to be a mannequin. Like, <laughs> Still, I guys. just want to be Jeff from today's special. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> um, no, when I realized that people will listen. The system is backwards. People will listen if you have money. People will listen if you have status. Okay. Um, as opposed to wisdom or patience or compassion. So I look to Bono, who can be a bit of a douche nozzle, but I love him. (laughs) I love Bono. I love you too. New favorite phrase. (laughs) I listened to them growing up. Like, like I still love them avidly. I will fight to the death for them. And I think they're wonderful activists and people. And they were the first kind of role models I had in that kind of sense of, oh, yeah, you can use this for good. For sure. Put your sunglasses on a private jet if you forget them in Rome and now you're in Dublin. Sure. Douche nozzle. (laughs) Douche nozzle. But... I'm not saying I wouldn't do the same thing. Do you have the money? I'd be a jag wagon. Um, <laughs> um, uh, that's a Tina Fey special. I did not make that up. Okay. Um, well, still funny. But using, like, getting a reputation for being good at the craft that I do, putting art out into the world, making money at it, that's the fucking dream. Um, and getting enough status in the community where I can put on a show to raise awareness about something, and it will work. Um, well, you've done that a little bit, haven't you? Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep doing it. Like, yeah. I want to just get, like... So goals to continue that kind of thing. Continue that you have, kind of thing. you've done it. Yeah. Yeah. And congratulations on that. Thank you. I thought that someone recognized me after Degrassi went on the Family Channel. Oh. I saw someone out of the TTC. They're like, oh my God. Nelly Furtado? No. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> Nelly Furtado's drunk cousin? Is that you? <laughs> Kristen Stewart's fat aunt? Is that you? <laughs> I'll send you a picture. I will send you a picture. <laughs> um, Holy shit. I was coming in a bathroom station. Don't Someone's put like, makeup on when you book an interview with a Second City amazing comedian because your eyes will water too much. Too so much. you were coming out of a coming subway? Out, coming out of the subway. He's like, you're that actress. And he looked at me like he knew me and I was like, holy shit, is this like a Degrassi or or maybe like Odd Squad episodes that I'm in haven't aired yet. So, and like he looked like our age. So I'm like, you probably don't have kids. I don't yeah. know. What? what? And he's like, you're that actress. It's you. And then he pulled the fucking clipboard and asked me for money for the Toronto Humane Society. Suck my dick. Oh my God. <laughs> what a... And I just, I didn't do anything mean, but I just wanted to snap like, 
check the family channel you asshole but i didn't yeah instead i went not okay bud not okay like someone someone for i think it was that i am a girl mm-hmm. which i also donate to yeah um so do i was like do you do you like puppies i'm like yeah, yeah. She's like, do you have one that I can, I can donate have? to? Brought at the clipboard. I'm like, that's when I lost it. You can insult me and the Canadian fame system all you want, <laughs> but the minute you lie about having a puppy, you don't ever bring puppies. I'm gonna shit. What charity you're from? <laughs> you are a demon. <laughs> and I yelled. I yelled at that man. Oh wow! I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> that is too far. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> okay, so your ultimate dreams are to continue what you're doing or do you have other acting writing doing good thriving yeah not just surviving thriving yeah i don't like living from a place of survival anymore i want comfort is something you know inspiration is where it's at and i'll be doing the right thing yeah how are you going to uh, how do you feel like you might achieve those goals do you have anything in no fucking idea <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a list. You gotta hustle. <laughs> gotta hustle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, are there things more like in life that you wish you could do more of um, that you don't currently do, and that, that maybe finding that balance between, you know, doing, you know, hustling, doing the the acting gigs and everything that takes to be recognized, and then I don't the balance regret anything. Yeah, my body doesn't betray me my body my body me. regrets things my body's I don't like, what are you doing <laughs> and i don't poop for days anyway um no i uh i don't regret the choices i make sometimes they are hard but i still don't regret them because if i did i would have made the wrong choice right that being said there will come a time where connor and i will have to talk about having kids or or heaven forbid like our parents get ill or, or anything like that yeah things will shift they won't end but they'll shift a bit mm-hmm. um paloma nunez and aurora brown are two second city people who have kids and she was in spotlight paloma was in spotlight the movie and aurora is like an amazing dora dora nominated possibly one if she hasn't won one she should actress like so it's it's not one or the other um and i think people who aren't in the industry get really foul about it people who are in the industry are like yeah no of you course. could do it yeah um I do get a lot of, where have you been? And mm. I used to feel guilty. And now I go, I don't know. Why aren't you up at three having Guinness with me? Right. Just different lifestyles. Just, just different. different things. Yeah. I used to get... People don't support or they just don't understand. I, I find that there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to that kind of thing. Oh, you're busy. So I, I didn't ask you to do anything. But it's like, it's yeah, but... It's nice to be invited. Right. Your mm. brother taught me that. I taught him. Yeah. And I use that now too. I, even if I know somebody can't come to something and you, I, I know otherwise they would have or whatever, I try to extend the invitation. Yes. Because it is always nice to be yes. invited. Even if you have to say, no, sorry, I can't make it. You know, this shit's happening. It's always nice to be invited. Yes. I love that. It's, a, it's very kind. That's it. That's it. I just want kindness and joy to win. Mm-hmm. And it's the long game. It doesn't always happen on the timeline that I want or need. Mm-hmm. But... It always happens where you're in your darkest hour and someone you haven't talked to in years is like, hey, I thought about you for this gig or I really miss you. I hope you're doing well. Or whatever it is, kindness wins, love wins. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking hard, And it saves people, man. Yeah. It does. It it can come at moments where people are like, 
I am not in a good place right now. And it's very serendipitous that you messaged me or that you phoned me or whatever. And that's happened more than once in my life where I reach out or someone's reached out to me and I go, wow, this couldn't have been more more, like (laughs) better to needed and better timed. Yeah. 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 Um, And I think we focus a lot, especially with um, the internet on that, that internet. We focus a lot on the negatives like, oh, he worth what? She cheated on whom? Like, it, it's all about that shit. And don't get me wrong, I love gossip, but... Um, yeah, it serves its place, but it definitely shouldn't be that focus. Our default shouldn't be the things that we don't have or don't feel we're good at. Mm-hmm. And I think if we slowly train our brains, it's just rewiring. Yeah. Um, if we slowly train our brains to reach out and say, I miss you. I got this buddy, Alistair Forbes. It was on main stage with him. He's one of my closest friends. I see him. Like, I maybe go for coffee with him 10 times a year. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, but I reach out and I'm like, I miss you. Because he means something to me. And he's a great guy. And he'll he'll do the same. And and uh, he, he said once, he was like, I never did that before. I'm like, why? Oh, really? He's like, I don't know. I just never did it. So you kind of brought it out in him? People don't say that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, but I do miss you. He's like, and I do miss you. So why why don't you say it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it makes me feel good that I'm like, oh, someone thought of me. Oh, that's so nice. Or, oh, I want to get together with him and his girlfriend. They're so much fun. I can't because I'm stupid busy, but they thought of me and they invited or they, they said you know, hi. sent that love in the universe. Or whatever. Yeah, called. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. So do you want to share some of exciting moments, that memorable stage moments that you might have had in your career? Sure. Maybe who you've performed with or opportunities that you've got in between all the Second City success and the roles you've had on TV. Oh, that's that's a Mandarin buffet of answers. Uh, I'm very fortunate. Um, my friends are very generous. We all work our asses off. Mm-hmm. And kindness wins. So it's like, it's awesome to be around. Like, I was a receptionist at Second City before main stage, and I got to perform with John Cleese. Mm-hmm. The executive producer was like, yeah, you, you should be an extra in this sketch. So wow. I got to carry his body off stage when he died in a scene. <laughs> like, it was the best. <laughs> it's rolling funeral services and comedy into one day, whatever. Um, no, the wonderful things have happened on stage. Um, I've been blessed to work with lots of great performers, both famous or not. Um, or not yet, I should say. One of my favorite favorite times in dreams really do come true and other lies it was this like tim burton-esque creepy vibe throughout the whole thing so you're a bit on edge but in a joyous way um so we broke the fourth wall a lot and we did really like we call it cat hands jungle cat hands where you like (laughs) jungle cat stir a witch's brew with your hands i don't know it was it was uh choreography i don't know um and there was this one, it would be like, was the music, right? Mm-hmm. And on the bas, you struck this pose. And it was lit in such a wonderful way that we all looked like disfigured and like, like you're play- your eyes were playing tricks on you. And Nessa, the lovely redhead there in the cartoon, um, in one of the bas, she would, she was wearing this beautiful blue dress. She would, tip her body over like as if you're reaching to touch your toes with her butt to the audience and her (laughs) head would come through her dress so you'd see but the lighting made it look really strange so it was like 
She farted. Oh, my God. <laughs> she farted. What? In the silence and the absence of music. <laughs> and so then we're all trying to get to our next. Unfortunate. Or was it intended? No, no. She just farted. I mean, I, Probably know, I on a cleanse. That... I don't know. <laughs> we did wild rose cleanse together a lot. Anyway, oh. it was just like, and then from then on out, whenever in the music we're trying to strike these poses, all six of us, our bodies are jiggling because we're laughing so hard. Did and the audience hear? Yes. Of course they heard it. Whoa. The stage is mic'd. They heard her butt. And then... <laughs> And so this movement drama thing yeah. opened the show and then we're right into the first scene and like no one can give each other eye contact. Like, oh God, it was, it was amazing. Definitely a memorable performance. Then there was a day before opening of Dreams where it was Comic-Con or Fan Expo or one of those, one of those like yeah. really cool sci-fi stuff. Um, and f- we had written our show pretty much and mm-hmm. we weren't really tweaking anything. So improv turned back into improv where you could just have fun and not worry about premises. So we're like, okay, can we get a... Um, this is at a Second City show. You're doing the whole a second city show. playful yeah. part of the... Second the, city. No, Second City. Second, uh, second City show. Um, we're like, can we get a genre, please? All of a sudden, before anybody yells at anything, we hear torture porn. <laughs> but we... All of Thank us, you, the troll in the back. Well, oh, <laughs> we all go, huh? Because we all recognize this voice. We're like, huh? huh. It's Robert England, England, oh, who plays Freddy Krueger. Oh, come on. Freddy Krueger yelled out, torture Porch- porn. <laughs> <laughs> your show? At our show. And then we're like, huh? Okay. So you we, took it? Well, yeah. Oh, wow. And then we well, just, immediate. like, we used it for two seconds and then, and then turned moved it something on. else. That soundbite will forever be in my head of like torture porn in in the safe theater. You Thanks, Freddy Krueger. Honestly, what a guy! What a guy! What a gem! I got to improvise with Jack McBrayer from Thirty Rock. That was pretty cool. Where we, was that? That's the Second City. Guests oh, come wow. and play the the set. Um, then we went out and we showed him poutine. We went out for beers after. Is he actually from the South? Like, does he have that accent? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he's like, thick. oh, wow. Thank you, guys. Like, he's very... like, oh, poutine. No, it's like fries and gravy and cheese. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm doing a really bad accent right now. But he's like, mm, oh, my cell phone. Oh, what's, who's this? Tina Fey? Oh, Amy Schumer. Oh, you can't, you can't see it. No, I can't. And, <laughs> wow. And he'd be like really fun. And, playful. Yeah, playful. Was he a second city person mm-hmm. in the past? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's cool. an alum, yeah. I would say, Something I've learned in my 30s, back to acting, thinking, Mm -hmm. uh, being yourself and doing what you think is funny or clever or challenging or worth it, that is going to book you the roles. There's all that external stuff of like, oh, well, you were thin and you were blonde and you were whatever. That, yeah, sure, you have no control over that. Mm -hmm. What you do have control over is what you bring into the room. And casting often doesn't know exactly what they're looking for they think but someone could come they in can with change a their totally whole, different look yeah because they are themselves and you can see it so if you are an aspiring actor um or writer or anything like that doing what you want to do and not what you think people want you to do will make all the difference you'll book stuff you'll be happier with your work um and and you won't be faking it it, that's the bad kind of faking yeah. because you start to lose yourself and you're like, yeah. well, that's not just... taking an opportunity. That's just, you exactly. know, doing the wrong thing. That's not genuine. Yes. And you're like, if only I was thinner, I'd book it. No. Go in anyways. Yeah. Or if only I was this, I would have booked it. No. 
No, that's lies. Like that's, that's you're auditioning for the wrong roles. That's faking your reality. Right. What it is is you just gotta be you. Like the they'll book what they book and whatever. You have no control over that. But just uh yeah. Making choices that resonate with your own voice and learning forever what that is, mm-hmm. I think, um, is a good way to not fake it through life because that's probably the one thing you don't want to fake. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think about like uh, in the way of education? Because I've had a v- variety of different guests on that, you know, there there are some people who are not practiced in certain things and become super successful and other people who um, I'd probably be in this category that like myself, I'd needed education in the my art so I needed education in film to actually be like yeah I, I can do this or I'm good at this or, or given clear direction so that I could actually complete things and not just play yeah, I like film and then never go to school I went to school and got that experience yeah so what would you say about like acting is one of those things that like sometimes you're just really good at it sometimes people need the education but do you, would you suggest somebody who's like you know graduating high school going to go into a typical acting program because you had both things happen you went mm-hmm. to a university program on this bullshit and in your opinion and you went to a, a a college program and it was the tits for you so yeah. like what did what do you think i think as long as you're listening to your truth mm-hmm. it doesn't matter yeah you could you could you make it what it is well cindy crawford was like selling apples on the side of the road or something <laughs> and someone saw her and sometimes that happens if you're yeah. relying on that to happen you're disillusioned mm-hmm. um you have to do the hard work and whether that means listening to your voice and being like i'm gonna keep at this no matter how many no's i hear or taking the classes because you know that you're more oriented i like i teach at second city but i still take classes at second city right because even though i've done that program um, and I take classes all over, like Bad Dog and Comedy Bar and uh, all over Europe. And it, you can never stop learning. Yeah. And even if you're doing the exact same exercise every single time with different people. Different people. Even with the same people, depending on their mood, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. So I think always being curious um, for anything, for knowledge and, and experience is going to serve you. And I think um, thinking that you've got it figured out good just fuck off get out of my way like i can't i don't have time for another person to be like oh, they don't know what they're missing they don't know what they're missing in may and i go do you know what you're missing right now as far as social etiquette intact because you don't sound great um i'm being judgy uh <laughs> no I, you probably I, see a lot of that though people who maybe aren't doing the work and or finding who they really are and 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 going for the not proper roles but i think there's a there's something to be say, said about being honest with yourself about certain things like I, I never thought that i would be the ingenue but in musicals i could pull it off if it was a character so i was like maybe i can maybe if i just shed like 20 30 pounds um i'll be an ingenue on tv no it would have to be a hundred pounds and half of my ribs based on current standards that's not okay with me no um and so i started to embrace the darkness a bit and like chase the things i was like i don't know i said today to uh, on set with karen parker who i love 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 i was like hmm which bitch villain nerd kind of my hit right now and i am loving it it's awesome and i'm not worried about oh well, i'm not like hollywood pretty and i'm not that i don't care like i'm having the best time and i feel beautiful and I'm not like a you grotesque. Should feel- like, well, of course <laughs> not. not. Like a, 
a gargoyle or anything. Um, no, but yeah, we can't let those types of things that, you know, right. the, the way that, you know, people are casting to actually put an impression on you and making you think. I mean, that's what it does to people. It makes them think that they are gargoyles, but, but change you're absolutely happening. not. It is like, happening. It is definitely happening. You, you see people of all different sizes, all different backgrounds, all different points of view. You're seeing more people of color on TV, mm-hmm. which I fucking love. You're seeing commercials are starting to pick up on it too because I work one of my part-time jobs is commercial casting um they're like sometimes you're getting those same-sex couples in there I'm yes like, yes uh and why not why wouldn't we because it's society and you don't like it doesn't make sense not to show these things always stir not everybody's a straight white person right yeah right <laughs> surprise <laughs> wait what what, <laughs> what do you mean and <laughs> they're not <laughs> um I want to say to people, don't give up on your dreams, despite mm-hmm. the fact that that sounds cliche. Yeah. What I do want to also add as an, as an addendum is check in with yourself on what your dreams really are. Yeah. If you thought your whole life that you were going to be an actor and then you did something else, you can go back to it if that's truly what you want. But if it's what you think you want or like if I, I never feel like a fraud being an actor. I feel like a fraud because I didn't have confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. Writing and acting makes sense to me. It's true. I would rather be doing 12 shitty part-time jobs, piecing it all together so I could facilitate acting, instructing, and, and writing. Um, because that's... That sounds so wanky. That's my truth. But that's... I've tried. I've tried not doing yeah, other it. other things. And it's awful. Um, but checking with myself and going, are you sure... I'd be great working at a 7-Eleven. I would be great running a Fortune 500 company. I'd be great at tons of things because I commit to whatever I'm doing. That gets tricky too where you're like, is this what I should be doing? Mm-hmm. Or is this, do I like this because it's this? Or do I like this because, what? It's new and it's it, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So constantly realigning yourself with what your dreams and goals are, I think will help you chase your dreams the best. Mm-hmm. And listening. accepting that that changes. Yeah. yeah, listening to yourself too. Mm-hmm. Because you're telling yourself mostly like, oh, I'm doing this, but I, I kind of want to be doing that. But mm-hmm. I'm making more money at this. And, you know, you, you are always having that internal conversation. Always. Never in a million years would it be like, yeah, I'm a writer. Post Second City, the majority of my jobs have been writing for mm-hmm. television. Yeah. Or custom scripts for people or punch-ups or whatever. So I'm sitting here going, oh, who did I listen to along the way who said, she's just not a writer. She's a great actor. Not a writer. I can name three of them. I won't yeah. name them on air. But, well, guess what? I'm paying my rent and then some by writing. So I'm a writer. I'm a writer. <laughs> but I, I was like, maybe I could just be a writer. No, I miss acting too much. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Listen to that little voice then. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, um, I want to thank you for coming on. Are you kidding? Thank you so much for having me. And for sharing all this great stuff. And um, keep doing what you're doing because I like watching you. Oh my <laughs> it's all about me and you're beautiful inside and out and i hope that you? you do everything that you want to do because you have a lot of good ideas and great things going on so mm, thank you all the power to you sister so i produce a show and i'm in a show um called live journal every uh it, no yeah yep um, there's a show called Live Journal every first Thursday of the month at Bad Dog Theater in Toronto, 9.30 p.m., $10. It's a lot of fun. People read their real life 
journals from when they were kids um, or teenagers, and we improvise using that material. Past guests have included Lara Jean Korstecki from Hannibal and X Company, Christian Brune from Orphan Black, David Benjamin Tomlinson from the theater scene. He's hilarious. Um, that's a, a really fun show to check out. Um, I'm also involved with the Toronto Sketch Comedy Festival that runs this March from the 3rd to the 13th at the Theatre Centre and Comedy Bar, showcasing the top North American talent. Um, they're hilarious. CBC's um, This Is That is one of our headliners. I'm really excited about that. I teach and perform at Second City in their corporate world and at the Training Centre and at Bad Dog as well. Um... My Twitter handle is at Ashley Como, A-S-H-L-E-Y-C-O-M-E-A-U. Um, and I also have at Lusty Mannequins, which is my sketch and improv duo with my partner, Connor Thompson. That's spelt the way those words sound. Um, <laughs> uh, we tour North America and Europe teaching and performing improv and sketch together. Um, and we're both Second City alum, which is pretty cool. Awesome. Well, thank you. I just farted. <laughs> sorry a big huge thanks to ashley como for always making myself and so many other people laugh all the damn time i encourage you all to check her out on twitter at ashley como and also you can find her improv group there as well the lusty mannequins at lusty mannequins and you can uh, watch degrassi next class on the family channel in canada and on netflix in the u.s keep an eye on ashley guys she's going to be kicking some major ass and you'll want to know about it Check us out on Twitter at Faking It Podcast. Find us on Facebook and contribute to our blog at www.fakingitpodcast.com. Talk to you in two weeks, you fakers. Yeah,